I don't think that Adrienne Young gets the attention she deserves. She's a she's a pretty good YA writer. This is her only only her second series she's ever written and The Sky in the Deep was good too. Like she writes really good female characters and her worlds are always like Sky in the Deep was Viking. She always has like a really great world. Her characters are well. Her romance is usually pretty good. She has pretty good themes, found family. Like she's a really good writer and I just feel like she doesn't get the attention she deserves. So if you have not read Fable or Sky in the Deep, I encourage you to do so because I think she's one of the better. Welcome to the Novel Universe with your hostesses, Ashley and Dawn. We rate and review the newest and most buzzworthy books. We are true book club girls who don't always agree, but do enjoy a good book discussion. I'm Ashley, the fantasy architect. And I'm Dawn, the criticizer of books. Grab your favorite beverage and come and enjoy our universe. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Novel Universe with your hostesses, Ashley and Dawn. Today, we are coming to you with a sequel of a book that is already out. This is Namesake by Adrian Young. It is book two in the Fable series, or duology, if you will. Um, this is actually going to be released on March 16th. We were fortunate enough to get an arc from Edelweiss, and so we were able to review it for you guys a little bit sooner. So... If you have not read Fable, the first book in this duology, you are not going to know what we are talking about. <laughs> but if you enjoyed the sound of our voice, just hang on to the ride, because we're <laughs> going to talk about book two in this duology here. <laughs> so, okay, namesake, traitor, fighter, survivor, with the miracle ship Free of her father, Fable and its crew were set to start over. That freedom is short-lived when she becomes a pawn in a notorious thug scheme. In order to get to her intended destination, she must help him secure a partnership with Holland, a gem trader who is more than she seems. As Fable descends deeper into a world of betrayal and deception, she learns that her mother was keeping secrets. And those secrets are now putting the people Fable cares about in danger. If Fable is going to save them, then she must risk everything, including the boy she loves and the home she has finally found. And Dawn. <laughs> what are we going to give this book of a rating? What are we going to rate it? Well, I gave it a 2.5. I'm kidding. Of course I didn't give this a 2.5. I'm kidding. I gave it I thought you were going to be like really upset. <laughs> no. No, I gave it a 4.25. I liked it better than the first book. I, I enjoyed it. It was good. Okay. Yeah, I gave it a, about, about that as well. Between a four or two five. It wasn't really a four and a half for me, and we'll discuss that here in just a minute because there were just some little things that I was like, Yeah. What is happening? Wait, okay, so it, so it's there, but it's not there, but it's okay. I'm okay with that. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I found myself doing that when I was like writing down the rating. I was like, It's a four, it's not a five. 
is it four and a half? I don't know. Not, not, not really. Is it three and a half? No. No, no, yeah. no. That's a little harsh. No. This is actually better than some of the stuff we've read. Exactly. And that's what I did. I At first I was going to give it a four. And then I went through my Goodreads to look at other books that I rated at four. And I was like, did I like this book better or worse than that book? And then at the last second, I upped it because I, I think I kind of rated it against Chain of Gold, which I gave a four, okay. and I liked it better than Chain of Gold, So, but I didn't like it better than The Other Side of the Sky. So I know some okay. people don't, they don't compare books, which is cool, but that's how I, that's how I rate books sometimes. I have to compare it to other stuff. Yeah, no, that's really okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm doing the same exact thing over here where it's like... You know, but Anna and I have had a pretty rough year. So oh my choice. god, especially with YA. <laughs> so it's like when you get something good, you're like, hallelujah. You're almost second guessing yourself a little bit. Like, is it? It's it's good. Yeah, no, it is good. This is what good looks like. Yes. Oh man. Because <laughs> last year we we praised Fable on our podcast numerous times with our you know our mid-year talk and then even in our final top 10 fable was i gave fable a five and i think you gave it a gave it a four four. Mm -hmm. a four right okay yeah so it was very well liked among our podcasts so i was excited to read this one so yeah here we go here we go we're gonna start with our dislikes what were some dislikes and or nitpicks that you had I only had one dislike and the rest of them are nitpicks, which is which is unusual for Dawn because I normally have a page and a half of dislikes. So good on me to only have one. Uh-huh. <laughs> I thought the villain could have been better. I I love villains and I and she she was set up to be or he. We don't know who the villain is, we're not gonna say it's a spoiler. We'll talk about in the spoiler edition. But this person was set up to be amazing and just didn't quite deliver enough for me. If it if the villain had been better, I would have given it a four and a half. Well, maybe a four, three, five, maybe not four. Honestly, I would have given this book a four and a half five if okay. the villain was better. Okay. Um, because that was literally my number one biggest complaint was when we're finally introduced to who the actual villain is in this story, it's not for very long. And then all of a sudden, when it kind of comes to the big crescendo, you're like, does it? Does it? It it, it just, it could have been, like, amazing. Mm-hmm. Because everything else up until that point was like, yes, come on! And yeah. It's like... Okay. And the demise of the villain was like, really? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. It, it, yeah, I agree. That's what happens when you read YA, people. <laughs> <laughs> Things only go so far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there was I. Okay, I guess I'm gonna like I'm gonna go to nitpicks because that was kind of like my biggest dislike as well. Yeah. I had a nitpick where I felt that we kind of lost track of a lot of the secondary characters that we became attached to in the first book. Yeah. And I was almost disappointed when we finally get to them and then it's like their stories 
start we start to get a little bit more as to what's happened to them or what they want to do in their life and then it's just like cut mm-hmm. and you just you just move forward and my one in particular which I'll talk about in the spoiler was like that's part of the reason why I struggled between my rating is because it really bothered me because young made it such an apparent part of her book and it just kind of fell out with one of the characters. And then it's okay. like, they resurface again. You're like, oh, okay. I think I'm okay with that ending. Okay. But that was one of my one of my biggest nitpicks with this book. Okay. I think I have that also as a nitpick. Let me see. Um, yes. Um, I put that under pacing, which is weird because I like the pacing, but then I had a nitpick about the pacing. I thought it was a little too quick. Normally, I, I complain that the book is too long, but this is only like 368 pages. It's really short. And I could have I could have done I would have been happier with a little bit more character development. And the character I'm going to say, I think your character might be a spoiler. That's why you didn't say. But for me, it was uh, Oster, Ostier, whatever we say his name. I, mm-hmm. Ostier and Padge, I wanted, she introduced something new about him, but once again, it was like, I kind of want a little bit more about his backstory. Padge, we got nothing with his backstory, mm-hmm. which is fine if he's not an important character, fine, but I was going into this book thinking we're going to learn more about the other characters, because I think the only character we got in the first book was Willa, mm-hmm. and a little bit of Ostier and Padge, and, but no so yeah it was a little it was rushed his story was rushed it was yeah like hamish i think his name is yeah i don't know his point and so it's like these are all like members of the crew that you of the marigold that you're like yes i know all of these people and they're coming back and oh okay um so we'll save the rest of that for a spoiler part there um but i really my next little nitpick is that I really felt that between our two main characters, Fable and West, there is a lot of animosity that's happening. There's a lot of tension that's happening. And I kind of felt like in this book, they had a lot of unresolved hurts that they kind of just like glossed over a little bit. It wasn't really ever dealt with there were some parts where it's like is that an okay enough answer does that speak to west's character that i kind of had like that moment where i was like i don't really like what's happening because i don't feel like y'all are talking about your problems to each other interesting because i had the actual opposite i thought i thought everything was wrapped up pretty well actually so i'm curious to find out what specifically you're talking about if it's not a spoiler well, the, we can see. yeah no the the wrap-up of everything was great the in-between parts i was like say what's on your heart just say it just do it why don't you look at each other i thought they I did wanna... though i was satisfied with it Okay. Okay. Okay, on. <laughs> Seems like a little animosity in your relationship. <laughs> well, 
Yeah, we'll get to it in the spoiler. I think it's spoilers. <laughs> okay, I have a really tiny nitpick before my bigger nitpick. <laughs> um, my tiny <laughs> one, my tiny one, and I and this happens a lot in YA, and I say YA because that's what I mostly read. I don't have a a, a big like um, inventory of adult books to draw from. So, but in in YA fantasy. Usually the main character is, you know, rough and tumble and she don't wear no damn dresses and blah, blah, blah. So this was also in this book. And one thing that I it bothers me is when um, the author makes it seem like just because you wear a dress, you're not a feminist. Just because you like dresses, that's a bad thing. And mm -hmm. in this book, she says, Fable says, good to be out of that ridiculous frock. And if it was a one-off, I would let it go. But because she was put in several dresses and she really, Adrienne Young really wanted us to know that. And for her to say that, it's just like, can we not do that? Just because you like <laughs> dresses, it doesn't make you a bad person or vapid. You can like dresses and be a feminist. <laughs> you know, I just, I know it wasn't like, it's not her character to wear dresses and that's fine and maybe she should have said after after good to be out of this ridiculous frock because I prefer to wear pants or because blah 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 if she had to finish that sentence maybe it wouldn't have felt so <sighs> belittling to all people who like dresses and this is coming from someone who doesn't wear dresses but I, I don't. Say, I don't. I, like, don't wear no I don't dresses. wear dresses, but I don't look down. That's because I don't like my calves. But I don't look down on women who do. I don't think that it's ridiculous because they. You know what I mean? It's a. It's a tiny nitpick, uh, but I'm kind of sick of hearing it. Same thing with like corsets yeah. and stuff. Like just because you like a corset, um, back in the day, this would have been take. This would have taken place in the 17th century, maybe. I don't know. But mm -hmm. she probably would. Well, I think she did wear a corset or something like that. Like, she did. yeah, if you're wearing a corset to fall into this standard of beauty that is unattainable, that's bad. But if you wear a corset or Spanx, as we do now, because you want a smoother line in your dress, that's OK. You shouldn't you shouldn't feel bad about that. We wear bras to make our breasts rounder. That's not a bad thing. It's you know, it's it's undergarments to enhance and it, we shouldn't feel, I hate it when they put people in the courses, which she didn't do. She wasn't like, oh my God, this course and I can't breathe. She didn't do that in this book, thank God. But I hate that. I hate that. But they still asked her in the book, what, have you never worn a corset before? And it's like... Well, she probably wouldn't have. Of course she hasn't like worn a corset. She's lived on a ship her whole exactly. bloody life. What she need one for? Exactly. Her class of people you wouldn't have worn a corset. <laughs> yeah. Well, little side tangent there. Sorry. Don and I are all for the dresses. It's okay. <laughs> um, let's see. Do I have another little? Uh, I think we covered. Yeah, because you covered about some of the plot being a little bit like we kind of less lost some of it behind. I think that that's all I really. I have one, and I don't know. I'm just going to say it. Okay. Okay. I felt the romance was a little meh. Like, it was okay. I wasn't, like, 
like in the first book, I was like, just kiss her already. Come on. You know, this book, I was like, do you not like each other anymore? But, but you do, but you don't. It was okay. In, like I said, how it, how it ends up working out. It's fine for my taste, but there were some moments where I was like, I think I know why. I think I know why. So one of the bigger themes in this book is love and how a person's, how, how love impacts other people around them. And I think Mm -hmm. like in the first book, he didn't want to love her. He didn't want to love her because he knew it was going to affect his, his life and everybody on, everybody on the ship's life, his crew's life. And he didn't want to do that. And I think it continued on in this book where they didn't want, and I'll talk about this in the, I don't know, some edition, one of those, probably useful edition. <laughs> um, so I think they didn't want to fall in love because of what that would mean. It was it's it's a big thing in their world to be in love and to show it. So maybe that's well, why. Yeah, no, I I agree. I I just felt like we had gotten over that hump. Okay, yeah. From the end of the second, or or sorry, of the first book. And so when we went into this, I was like, I thought we did this already. Okay. You know, because like when you get the reasonings behind everything, it's like, oh, okay. I'm okay with how that happened. Like it did make sense. That's why I said it's just a little nitpick. It's not a big one. For my own personal self, I was like, okay. (laughs) You know what, though, yeah. and 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 I've kind of felt that way too. Especially when they when they finally meet up and they're in the same bed, I was like, "Ooh, it's gonna be kissing," and they were like roommates in the same bed exactly. for a while. And I was like, "Okay, are we not kissing or what's happening? Do we not do that anymore?" <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. you're collude on the ship not to. <laughs> Anyway, okay, what is your big nitpick? Okay. I know you want to tell me. Well, yeah, I have to. Okay, so my big nitpick is that there are several times where Fable would be having a conversation with another character, and then she would say, I understand what she meant, blah, 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 blah. And basically, Fable has to explain what the conversation is about. And this is a pet peeve of mine. Because I I hate it when authors do this because it's like they don't trust the reader to infer what the other, what the conversation is about. And when the author doesn't do that, then it makes their book not critical. And Adrienne Young Mm -hmm. is a good writer. And I think one of the reasons why she's not great is because she, she does the thinking for the reader. And it's so unfortunate Mm -hmm. because if she would just not do that, it would elevate her book. And Fable did it so many times. I'm like, oh my God, girl, I understand what the conversation was. I'm not a dumb dumb, you know? Like, yeah, I don't need I, you to explain. I know. And that that bothered me. That bothered me. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah, it. Yeah, I had that with, like, plot, like, stuff. Okay. <laughs> okay. So moving on to our likes, unless you have any more. Nope. Okay. That's a short list for Don, ladies and gentlemen. It is. <laughs> Usually she's like, hold on a second. I have more. 
like, I got like okay. three more. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. My likes. Oh my goodness. I I just love all of the pirate world and talk. And Young did such a great job of continuing to make it as though, like, I'm I'm on this this boat. I can smell the water. I can feel it sting in my eyes. I can see all these vibrant colors of gems through the water. Like, the whole entire thing. And then when she gets into a little bit more about what it means to be on, like, the gem council and the trade council and, like, all of this stuff, I was very much pleased because it's something new you know it's not some fantasy world where we're living with elves or vampires or something that's supernatural it's just people on a ship that are pirates you know yeah they're pirates they're traitors they you know are literally scraping stuff off ships just to gain money for their next meal whatever those little things are barnacles (laughs) Like clam something, whatever. Oh, they- <laughs> um, yeah. So I really, I really did like that a lot about this book. I agree. I had that too. Uh, the gem stuff was really different. I've never read where they're trading gems and what was she a a, a gem surfer? What was she? A gem gem trader or gem sage? Gem sage. Yeah, that was new. I've never read that before. I didn't know the sea had gems in it. Is that a thing or did she make that up? I don't know. Is that a thing? I don't know. Well, I mean, there's pearls and clams. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I think she might have. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm not skipping the art of gems. Yeah, I <laughs> I don't know where gems come from. Um, one thing that, you know, pirates are not great people, technically. They steal, they rape, they pillage. But she kind of turned that whole bad pirate thing that they are into something good that you know they're traitors whether it was the alcohol or the I'm thinking the mullen was the sales is that what they make their sales from uh-huh. the other thing they were trading yeah so yeah I agree yeah 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 I agree with all that um I like that this oh book- sorry <laughs> Um, I like that it's it was never predictable like you I that's one of my biggest issues with books in general is if I can predict it I'm not gonna enjoy the book and I never knew where this book was going and the plot switched several times which is fine I don't have a problem with the plot switching like that uh, because it was doing something and going somewhere and it made sense and but yeah it was not tropey it was not formulaic I didn't predict anything and that was a big old plus for me mm-hmm. for sure I I really really enjoyed that as well because it's like there's so many times that you and I read books and it's like you can see things coming from a mile away because it's what happens when you read books for a living or for fun and that's your hobby and you know you start to pick up on trends and uh tropes and all of this stuff and young was just very surprising because it kept me like guessing what was gonna happen because how the book starts off i'm like when did she when did that happen yeah I didn't remember. and how long is she gonna be there and then all of a sudden now 
this other thing is happening and so is this and this and you're like I have no idea what I'm doing yeah but I'm excited <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I really liked Saint in this book mm-hmm. he oh was my favorite <laughs> he was my him and um a few others but I just was like he was exactly what I had hoped him to be in this book Mm -hmm. and I loved it I loved all of them not going to give too much away because a lot of it's spoiler especially if you have not read this book the first one you're not going to know what I'm talking about and I'm going to ruin it so but I love Saint loved him um I liked speaking of Saint I liked all the relationships and and I'm not talking about like the love relationships like there were some pretty good friend relationships that I'm not gonna say because it's spoilers but Saint mm-hmm. is one of them and there are a couple more that I'm not gonna say because it's spoilers but I did like the friendships I should say in this book yeah yeah for sure I love that we just look we able to see Fable grow so much I feel like she aged multiple years in this book mm-hmm because of everything that was happening in her life and how it all starts out. Um, And I just, I really, I like the fact that she did grow and it wasn't based off of a man. Mm -hmm. I love that she got it all on her own, in her own time. She made her own mistakes. So I really like that about her. Um, I liked that I'm looking for a line here that I liked her mom dies in book one we never really meet her mom and we don't really learn too much about her in the first book but in this in this book um, I felt like I got to know her mom a lot even though she's never on the page and uh-huh. I wish she had been in the book more like there were moments where there were some dark moments for Fable and I didn't cry, but I almost teared up. It was so sad. And there's a a good line that she's having with a character, I won't say, because it's a spoiler. But she says, um, let me see if there's anything spoilery in this quote. Okay, my my chest felt tight, making my heart skip. I didn't like that this woman, a stranger, knew more about my mother. I didn't like that she knew more than I did. And you kind of feel like she lost her mother when she was really young and she didn't really get a chance to know her a lot. And this other person comes in and they know more than her. She didn't like it. I just thought that line encapsulated the loss that she felt about her mother. So... Yeah, I, I did like the mother character, even though she wasn't on the page. She wasn't alive in the book. Yeah, but you still feel like you had a relationship with her. Like, yeah. that's what was so great is because, like, her mom is such a mysterious character in the first book because you're you're even thinking, like, different things about how did this happen? Is it really, did that really happen? Mm-hmm. Is she still alive? Like, we had some some theories as to yeah. how we thought this book was going to end, which we can get into the spoiler, but I, there was even like, uh, where she references like feeling her mom's presence. And when you find out what actually is happening, it's just so beautiful because it's like, that's, that's her one memory that she can hold on to for the rest of her life. And nobody can take that from her even with the quote that you just gave with another character in the book, it's like that is her own 
thing for her mom that no one else knows about. Yeah. So I liked that. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, I do like the fact that we got more closure with why West was entangled with Saint and what all of that was about because mm-hmm. we no- we weren't really quite sure why he was still so attached to Saint because it seemed as though he could just kind of scoodly boot out of here and there wasn't really anything tying him to Saint so I liked that because those were some missing pieces from the first book yeah. <laughs> we were like what's going on yeah and it kind of set up a good because you know how books go especially when you have a romance everyone's in their honeymoon phase and something big happens and then here comes the climax and then I hate you and then everybody separates and then we all come back and live happily ever after like that's how romances go and I liked West's story and what was going to be the cause of their breakup which I'm not saying that happened or didn't happen but yeah I I wasn't expecting that and it was an interesting twist to his character so I agree with that my last like was there was one big theme in the book and I kind of I'm not gonna really go into it because it's a spoiler I go into it in the spoiler part but um in the first book, like I was saying earlier on the podcast, they don't want to love because love has consequences, whatever consequence that is. And in this book, they really did talk about how loving someone affects them and everyone around them. It was a huge theme. And I was afraid she wasn't going to do something with it. And I was going to be really upset, but she did. Thank goodness. But Mm-hmm. They had several conversations that were very mature for a YA book, very honest. And I was like, thank you. Thank you for having an honest, mature conversation about love and relationships and everyone around you. And I really did like and there were there were only a couple of those conversations, but it was impactful. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I have to agree with you there because there, I was like, am I reading YA here? <laughs> Because because the conversation was so mature, and it's what you would hope for these younger characters that are making these dynamic decisions, mm-hmm. and it's like their moral compass is just not quite pointing north like it's supposed to. It's pointing the complete opposite direction. Yeah. But yeah, they, there were so many moments, um, not so many moments, but there were pivotal moments within this book that you really could see that she pulled that into our face where we could identify that that's what that was mm-hmm. instead of the latter. <sighs> Let's see. Uh, my last thing, I think you already talked about it, was that there was just so many great twists and turns within this book that I had no idea what was going to happen, and it was exciting. Mm-hmm. that's what makes for a good fun read is because you don't know what's going to happen you can't anticipate it so you're just like just keep going keep going <laughs> yeah so that, that's all i have for our non-spoiler i do want to say one more thing before we get into the spoiler edition i don't think that adrian young gets the attention she deserves she's a she's a pretty good ya writer there are, i mean i don't understand why lore is getting the it, no this book is leaps and bounds 
better than this book and this is her only only her second series she's ever written and the sky in the deep was good too like she writes really good female characters and her worlds are always like sky in the deep was viking i believe did you read sky in the deep mm -hmm. no okay. but i know the background of that yeah. one that one is it's viking, viking and now we're on the sea so she always has like a really great world her characters are well her romance is usually pretty good she has pretty good themes found family like she's a really good writer and i just feel like she doesn't get the attention she deserves so if you have not read fable or sky in the deep i encourage you to do so because i think she's one of the better ya fantasy writers that we have right now oh 100 there are so many other junk novels we've read mm -hmm. like uh, grave <clears throat> so bad <laughs> <laughs> but it's getting all the hype in the world yeah because people love it <laughs> yeah no so this is better all right guys well that is all we have for our non-spoiler edition so like we mentioned in the beginning if you have not read fable and namesake please hop out now because we're about to spoil everything and we're gonna do that in five four three two one okay all right done <laughs> um uh, what should we start with let's start with holland let's do it because i think that let's was the biggest reason why we didn't give the book a higher rating than it could have had um, Holland is ends up being Fable's grandmother. That's a that was not a reveal in book one. Like this was new to us, right? Okay. It was new new information. And so when we're being brought into see Holland on Bastion or whatever the city's name Bastion. is. Uh, what? Bastion. 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 <laughs> uh it's kind of this big reveal moment because you're like why do you look like me why do we look similar what yeah. is happening here and i so the whole idea of holland was fantastic you know she's this super high-end gem trader she's ridiculously wealthy oh and she's in battlement with saint her father who has no idea that this is his wife's mom mm. <laughs> and that Fable's the, the granddaughter. They don't know, like, they don't know that with each other. And it's just this big, giant circle that you're just waiting for this moment to happen because there is some conspiracy going on where Holland is trying to gain her place in the Trade Council because she basically wants to own the sea. She now has the gem trade all under her belt. She wants to also be able to trade everywhere else and get her trade council ring and whatever. And it has to be voted on. And, you know, she is trying to bribe the crowd with gifts or whatever and all this stuff. And it's great because she's making, you know, Fable sign a contract and then lo and behold, West goes and signs his name away because she's trying to steal her granddaughter away. So then that way, her granddaughter can find this one stone that they're all looking for and all this stuff, right? And then it's like, we get the big wind up and you're like, <laughs> that's it? 
<laughs> yeah, I felt like she was too smart to fall for that. I'm like, so she she right? didn't like double check Clove. Like you you have to be leery of this person. You can't just take him at his word that oh, I, Saint did something bad to me and I don't work for him anymore. Come on, come on. And then you trust a known like the uh, the the austere family his family the the ross the ross come on it's like you're dealing with these people and then she just i was like oh no no that's too that's too easy that was just way too easy and she should not have been that dumb to fall for that well and it's almost like the persona that we're being shown is that she has so much wealth and so many hands and so many jars that no one can double cross her. Mm-hmm. And so it's like when it happened and we're getting the rerun of everything happening from fable in that moment <laughs> where she was re explaining like, Oh, well he was just covering his bases when literally we just heard him cover his bases with everything to make sure they took her down. I was just like, how? what? You know, and basically she just loses loses her trading license. She's no longer able to trade ever anywhere else. She has to give up that big empire, but she's still walking around rich as all get out. Yeah. It's not like she's banished off the island. I was waiting for, like, some big, like, we're dumping you in the ocean, tying you into a treasure chest type of a thing, and you're sinking to the bottom because of how cutthroat these pirates are. Even with Clove and him murdering people on the, what's his, Zara's crew? Or Zora's crew? Zola, something like that, yeah. Zola? Sorry, Zola. I'm okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, like, we see this, like, cutthroat, like, you're going to pay for what you're doing. And it's like, she just gets off too scotch-free. That didn't bother me so much. Just the... It was just that she just fell for that BS like that. I'm like, woman, you know better than that. Like, I, and she could have been like, she, she could have been a a much better villain. Just like she, she did not have any problems with using people. I was actually, actually kind of waiting for, uh, I almost called her namesake. (laughs) fable to be like um I think that's why my mom left you because you're using her because she's a gem sage and she never really had that conversation with her about that and maybe that was just for the reader to figure out who knows but she really could have been a nasty nasty woman and it just wasn't wasn't villainous enough for me yeah and it was like she wanted saint's title but I guess she just didn't play nasty enough. It was almost like she's the underlying villain in the story. She's just not that good. Mm-hmm. So that part really bothered me. That that end climax scene, I was like, are you joking? Get her. Hello. But it was almost like, it was just a little bit like too good to be true. Like they're catching her on like all of these accounts. And I'm like, how do we get to all these accounts again? Like I get, I get it like that they're pulling it from somewhere, but it just was, it was too like checklisty. 
Okay. So, yeah, that part I didn't like. Okay. My biggest issue here with this book was the fact that we get introduced to Koi. Right, he is a brand new character. Uh-huh. He was in book in one. This book. He okay. was in book one. Okay, when I say brand new, we thought he was gone. Oh, long okay. now, we've never seen him again. He was in book one. He tried to kill Fable on Javali because they're draggers and it's like a fight for your life type of thing. You're not screwing me over. All this stuff. And so we get introduced to him and. You know, we get to uh, go on the big quest for the stone and whatever and all of this stuff. And then all of a sudden, he just falls off the face of the earth. Like, they don't find the stone that they're looking for. Mm-hmm. And then he's gone. Gone. Not only him, but Willa and her need to be free of being a crewmate life is like talking about how she's going to leave the Marigold and all those stuff, and she confronts Saint about it. And not Saint. She confronts West about it, her brother, and then it's like we don't hear anything else about that situation at all. And then all of a sudden, at the end of the book, they're both in Javali together, hanging out. Well... It was set up, though. So, Koi and Fable did have a conversation about how he wanted Javali. He was working for Javali to be a port. And yeah. so, that was set up. Was it set up well? No. Um, I don't know why he had to go with her to get the midnight. Like, he was pointless because it was West that was down there with her. Then she was by herself. It was that, that whole thing was only a chapter. I'm like, that's why I was like, it could have been a little bit longer. We could have spent a little bit more time. Um... So that didn't bother me. And Willa, like him and Willa were making, I don't know if they were romantically involved, but they kind of had a little bit of tit for tat. Once again, it could have been a little bit more. It was it was only like twice and it was very quick. And so when when they did kind of drop off the face of the book, I kind of knew where they were because she did set it up. Um, so it didn't bother me too much. I still was waiting for it. <laughs> I was waiting for it. It bothered me because I knew why he was there in the first place. I had accepted it, you know, and it's like his one line where he's like, once you're a Javali, you're always a Javali. Like we stick together through thick and thin, even though we will kill each other on our own island out in the world like this. Like it's you and me together. Are you watching his him and I'll watch him over here type of a thing. And so I loved that connection between her and him because it's like she made the choice not to kill him and it ends up working in her favor because he ends up being a nicer guy and, and whatnot. But I just kind of like, I just, like we said in the non-spoiler part, I just wanted more of these secondary characters. It just yeah. could have just given me just a little bit more. It didn't need to be 500 pages long of a book. Just, just a little bit. Just a little bit more. Yeah. I agree. It's fine. And it's also because, like, I missed Willa's spite because we had so much of her in the first book. And I was like, come on. Come on. So. I guess she had her moment in book one and we didn't need her. Her day. 
I had forgot who he was. I was like, who the hell is Hamish? I don't even know who this character is. He's the logger. I know now, miracles. but when his when he was introduced again, I didn't remember who he was. Right? Yeah. Was really, I thought there was another person on their ship, too. No. I don't know. Okay. I don't remember. I don't either. Uh, let me see. Okay, so the theme, um, and this is like one of the reasons why I like the book a lot, is the theme of love and how it affects people. And we saw it two ways. So with Saint, he didn't want anyone to know that Fable was his daughter and Isold was his wife or baby mama. I don't know if they were married or not. And then we saw how that affected Fable because she didn't have a relationship with her father and she felt alone. And then we see the exact opposite with Fable and West where they are openly in a relationship. However, because West makes poor decisions and he doesn't consult his crew, they don't like that. They get their boat taken away and they're like, not they don't like that because their love has affected negatively on their crew so it's like this whole thing of do i keep do we keep our love quiet to protect everyone or like saint did or do we openly share our love and make changes in how we do that and i was mm-hmm. afraid she wasn't going to wrap that up but she did and then of course at the very end with saint and he like hugs her in the open and I was like oh yay it was cheesy but it was really sweet I loved all of that but I loved it yeah I loved it it was great (laughs) I felt like she deserved it after all of that I'm like this poor girl has not known love the way that she should you know and it's like there would be these moments where she would reminisce about how like she would almost want to be reprimanded by a saint because then at least he was looking at her. He was t- communicating with her and mm-hmm. all this stuff. And so it's like those moments where she's like, I know he's going to come, but maybe he won't because you know what? I don't mean anything to him. And it's like how that all played out because saint had kept his love so quiet. He was able to protect her for that right moment to be able to then unleash it like I have held it in for so long I can finally share openly this is my daughter and she's amazing by the way and hold up you know and all that stuff but even with Wes like when they had that moment where he was like I'm scared to be in love with you like mm-hmm. I'm scared it, sca- it terrifies me because what happens in most books the people that you love are the first ones that people go after when there's a threat or anything like that so it's like especially because they're pirates Mm -hmm. you know it's like do you let people know that that's your woman well you don't really want to because they might take her away but then it's like you can't hide it anymore but now you're making decisions where your crew doesn't have a say because you're terrified to tell them because you love them and you know that you care about how they think about you, but you're trying to protect them all in the same way and all this stuff. I mean, Wes just had this overbearing moment of trying to seize the day all the time to just take care of everybody. Mm-hmm. And there were moments where I was like, dude, you can't do it. 
Yeah. You cannot do it. You are constantly taking over. Let other people deal with And I was worried that once again, she wasn't going to address his savior complex. And the very next page she did, I was like, thank you, Adrian Young, because I would have been very upset if no, if, if Fable hadn't called him out on it. Like, she's like, I don't need you to save me. Like, I'm doing just fine. You know, yes, she wasn't sure about her decision. But yet again, it's another open and honest thing that Young shows us because it's like, it doesn't usually happen in books. There's this like made up fantasy that they just come to have this epiphany moment. And it's like, no, sometimes you make decisions and then you got to deal with the consequences of those decisions when it comes time. And she was ready to carry it out just to make sure her family was safe. She was all for doing it. And then he goes and does something underneath. And she's like, why'd you do that? Mm -hmm. Because now you signed both of us up for this. Yeah. I cannot leave you. I need to be by you always. If you have to go down, I'm going down with you. And she's like, dude, that's not the point. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad that he didn't just do that with her because in a traditional YA book, it would have just been all about the love interest, but he was doing that with Willa too. And she was suffocating. Like, he, this is his M.O. He was doing that to everybody. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, yeah, and I... When they finally called it out, because I liked the fact that even within the Marigold's crew, you know, with Aster and Paj and Hamish and all of them, when Wes made a bad decision, they told him, like... They still stood by him because that's what family does. But, dude, next time talk to us about it. Don't just send us off into the wild blue yonder and just call it a day. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but I really, yeah. Uh, I liked the fact that when we finally hear about what happened to Isolde, Isolde? Is that how you saying it? Isolde? Yeah, I'll say Isolde. Um, you know, it's this open, honest answer. It's not this roundabout thing because we thought that she was still alive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we did. We. I was like, that woman's still alive. The sea got her. She be all right. She's just singing <laughs> away through the ocean. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and so when Saint finally shares, like, she literally got swept away from me. And that was it. And that moment of gaining that piece of information and then his openness with how damaged and just alone he felt because and, and helpless because he couldn't do anything. He's this guy that has all these tricks up in his sleeves and he could not save the woman that he loved. And so it's like that part I was like, a little bit sad, but okay. <laughs> But I was okay. <laughs> and then the whole idea about where this midnight gem was and how Young kept bringing up the fact that, like, you know, I can just, like, sense my mother's presence here. Like, what is this? Like, when I'm around all these stones, you know, it's like I'm sitting next to her. And that beautiful imagery of what it's like to feel close to someone that you love, whether that's a smell or a color or a song or whatever it is. It's this connection that you have with loved ones. 
and then come to find out that that stone was actually hidden in her necklace. It's like, oh, well, she wasn't just having the feeling of her mom. It was the feeling of the stone because they all have different, like, Mm-hmm. songs and emotions that are felt out and I was like that's so beautiful <laughs> yeah I I was I was once again we read a lot of YA a lot of it is formulaic and I the whole time she looked for this midnight I was like you know what's gonna be in a ring somewhere that her mom had on or she maybe she like gave it to her and had her shove it in her nose or something I don't know it's always that it's always something that they gave you when you were two years old and here it is and I knew it was going to be something like that and it was however when she goes to look for the midnight and she's just like my mom is here I only hear I only hear my mom I don't hear any midnight and she was actually hearing her mom because that's what she remembered with that stone I thought she did a really good job of doing that I was like well she just kind of spun that trope on its head because I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting it to be because when he gave her the necklace, I was like, "Oh, here we go. It's in the damn necklace. It's not exactly. You're trying to fake us out and say it's green. It ain't green. It's purple or whatever." And sure enough, she like like knocks it and then it's it's in there. But then when she kind of changed it and was like, "Oh, this is what I was feeling down there," I was like, "Okay, I like that. That's cool. Yeah." Yeah, it was it was so unique because it's like, it, you know, it's not something that's been passed down. And if you would have just turned it over or gotten it <laughs> uh, read for you or looked at the tattoos upon your arm. Yeah. No, no, no. It was just the way that she spun that imagery. I was like, yes. and then when they actually find the midnight I loved the fact that they didn't just clean it out either. They left it there Mm. for now because they didn't need it. And I liked that because it's like this is a whole different spin on pirates. You know, the whole entire thing is to pillage and plunder and, you know, gain as much as you can to be able to live the high life and not have to work anymore, you know. And I liked that they were like, we don't need it now. I'm sure we'll need it later. But for now, we're going to keep it there. Yeah. Because the world isn't ready for this. Yeah. And then she could always go back there. She wanted to feel the presence of her mom. She could just go back to that fable scary or something like that. and Fable scary, yeah. Dive down. Scary, you're hairy, whatever it's called. But I also liked with this book, I mean, we got more and more of like, Fable did dirty work as a dragger. That is dirty, hard mm-hmm. work. And I say that it is emotionally exhausting, physically exhausting. You're in freaking salt water from dawn until dusk, like coming up for air, being pulled back down, looking for gems, putting it back up, coming for air, going back down. Like, oh my gosh. Like, I would not want to do that. And then, like, just being subject to the elements that were there, like the storm scene, I was like, oh, my gosh, someone's going to die. I was waiting. I just knew somebody was. Usually when you have an ensemble cast, somebody's a goner. Ask Lee Bardugo. And no. (laughs) Nobody died. (laughs) Nobody. People got injured, but nobody died. But I was like. Oh my gosh, Lauren, like, can you imagine just, like, the way that she wrote it, I could just see the storm coming in. 
I was like, oh, dear God. And the sand swirling everywhere and you can't see nothing. And and I liked the fact that they did not find the midnight out there. I was going to be a little bit pissed if they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because the book is so, like, it's it's not a long book. It's actually a quite short book. And I'm like, I swear if they find it out here, I'm going to be so ticked. <laughs> and then when they didn't, and they're like, well, because we just got to go back and just do plan C now. Yeah. Okay. We just <laughs> risked our lives out here. And we've got, we had, they had to leave all those gems that they upturned there because they weren't looking for it. I'm like, oh my goodness. So. I think that's it. That's all the spoilers I had. Yeah, I don't really. I'm just trying to see if there's anything else that I wanted to cover. If we didn't already. No, we talked about that. We talked about that. Yeah, no, I think that we... We got it all. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you for joining us for another thrilling and enthralling episode <laughs> by the Novel Universe. <laughs> Our next book is going to be Chain of Gold. No, Chain of Iron mm-hmm. by Cassandra Clare. It is book two in the Chain of Gold series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so join us next time. And if you have not, please like and subscribe to our channel. And you can follow us on Instagram, the Novel Universe Pod. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, Novel Universe Pod. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But until next time, bye bye. Bye.